Welcome back for another episode of Sling and Quack. I'm Rusty, joined by Saman Jabari of uh, Traveler Hates Thursdays. Thanks. What's up, Rusty? Good to good to talk to you again. We had you on ours, and happy to 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 hop on Sling and the Quack. Yeah, it's like those crossover episodes where like Urkel visited Full House. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Saman uh, can be found on Twitter at uh, Saman Jabari, S-A-M-A-N-D-J-A-B-B-A-R-I. And their larger Twitter handle for their podcast, Traveler Hates Thursdays, is at T-H-T underscore U-S-C. So yep, that's us. And then, uh, yeah, I do the podcast with my, with my co-host, Will Robinson. Uh, he unfortunately could not take part in this convo, but uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm I'm pumped to have you on. Um, I know the the guy I normally do podcasts with has uh, been overwhelmed with work recently. Um, so the first question I'd like to start off with is uh, how the offense has changed um, with. Oh, sorry, uh, with <laughs> Sam Darnold at quarterback um, taking over for Max Brown really early on in the season. Yeah. So. Uh... The, the offense, I think, schematically as a whole is pretty much the same. But what, what Sam Darnold adds, the biggest thing that Sam Darnold adds um, that, that Max Brown didn't is his mobility. Um, I think, I can't remember the last time that USC had a, had a quarterback this athletic. It was probably in the 90s. Um, the USC is actually running read options and uh, run pass option passing plays, you know. Uh, and if if there's there's pressure on the quarterback, it's not an automatic sack anymore. Uh, Sam Darnold has shown the the ability to kind of break free and create crazy things like the like the play against Colorado, for example, where there was a, there was a fumble and it was straight like you know NCAA type play where he, he picked up the ball and ran around and threw it to the tight end and he scored a touchdown. So um, it, that's that's the biggest element, and you know his his arm strength and even the running backs say having, having Sam's ability and just athleticism back there, it has even freed up stuff for them. Right. Right. Yeah. It seems like the offense is just totally basically turned around with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Did that switch get made after the Stanford game? It did. Yeah. Uh, it, it happened on, Funny enough, on the short week before going to to Utah on the Friday night, so Sam's first start was at Utah uh, on a Friday. Um, he fared, you know, pretty well. Uh, he, you know, had a couple fumbles. That's been that's been Sam Darnold's biggest issue. Is is he? It's not that he's not careful with the ball. It's just that you know his his ability to make plays tends to it's a little bit of issues with ball security. Uh, happened a couple times against Cal. Uh, I think there's only been one game that he hasn't fumbled. I think that was uh, that was the Arizona game. But um, he's you know he doesn't play afraid, which is cool. Uh, he he's he's from the moment that he started, he showed just pure confidence in pocket, and he's not dinking and dunking all the time. He's taking shots downfield, and it, that's that's really been the most exciting thing for for USC fans and, and the USC offense overall. Which is a nice change of pace from Cody Kessler. Yes, the 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 dink and dunking master Cody Kessler, um, NFL starting quarterback Cody Kessler, which is a weird sentence, um, but 
Yeah, it's definitely a nice change of pace. This the offense. This is the best. The offense has looked really good. I mean, the, when when Kessler was starting starting quarterback last year, he he would his first instinct it seemed like was either to lock onto one guy or check it down. And yeah, he was a great kid and probably what the what the program needed at the time. But it's safe to say that Sam Darnold is is way more talented than Cody Kessler. Yeah, and he's a freshman, right? Like a true freshman. He's not a true freshman. No, he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, so okay. he he came in last year, and uh, uh, I think in the spring, in the spring actually, and then he redshirted uh, when you know when Cody was there and Max was there. There wasn't really uh, any sort of necessity for him to to kind of be rushed in right away. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so he's a he's a redshirt freshman. A lot of young quarterbacks in the, in the Pac-12 right now. Kind of exciting. Yeah. I think a huge part of that is like the high school seven on seven. Yeah. Like it's not like the full wave of people who did that from like junior high through high school. And so you have people making just ridiculous catches. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be Saturday. will be a fun matchup between the, 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 you know, with your guys, true freshman, right? Herbert's a true freshman. Yeah. Yeah. From, so, from Eugene. Yeah. It's weird. Cause it, he's like crazy. a three star out of Eugene. Yeah. And, and it's it's kind of unfortunate because compared to Vernon Adams, who he had, and then yeah. Dakota Prukop, who is much shorter than Herbert is. Yeah. Like Herbert, like in his first game, had like a couple big runs. He's not the fastest, but be like, he looks exactly like Mariota. It's like, no, it's not. No, he's not. Oh gosh. It's like, yeah, no, no, stop. That's, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, let's compare him to the best quarterback that's ever played on the campus, but. Yeah. Um, the, the, nah, this is this is what happens when you have a successful football program for an extended period of time. You start getting irrational fans. So, I'm, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you want to see irrational fans, you should check out some Oregon football forums. Not oh, as, addicted no. to Quack is actually fairly tame at times, but <laughs> some of these are just unbelievable. You would never yeah. believe some of these things. Where people like, oh, it was like when Urban Meyer was taking his years off, and people like were upset with Chip Kelly, which is hilarious in hindsight. And they're like, yeah, yeah that's well, something. It's like, yeah, well, Urban Meyer isn't coaching anybody. It's like, if you think Urban Meyer's coming to Oregon, you are out of your mind. Yeah, that was that was never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then one of the things also that I wanted to talk about was, like, the defense. Um, yeah. Like, we all know about Adoree Jackson, who shredded Oregon's punt coverage last year. Um, yep. And I think that was the best thing about that game last year. That was as soon as that ball left our, our opponent's foot, I was like, "Oh god, this is over." He catches it on Oregon's forty-five, and it's over. Just yep. like a line drive. Um, so, who are are some of the other standouts on defense that we should really be looking out for? Not named Dory Jackson. Yeah. So the the defensive backfield is kind of the strength for this team right now. Um, Biggie Marshall, the other corner, uh, is huge. Uh, and he's six one two hundred, so pretty big for a corner. But um, so he, you know, he gets kind of kind of rubbed the wrong way in terms of maybe getting too many PI calls. But that's what happens when you're big and physical. Uh, for example, he's tied with the Dory for the team lead in terms of five, uh, five pass breakups and and two picks. So um, and he's I think fifth if I'm counting properly. Yeah, fifth on the team in tackles. So he's awesome. Um, the one thing about this defense that 
is kind of a struggle. It's a pass rush. There aren't a whole lot of sacks. And I think that's a combination of just the youth on that uh, up front. Um, and then also, you know, the style of play in the Pac-12 is, is so many, you know, quick passing game. And, and uh, there's so many athletic quarterbacks that kind of lends itself to, you know, that being being um, marginalized almost to a degree. But Cam Smith is a tackling machine and middle linebacker. Um, he, I don't know if people remember last year, but he had three picks against Utah in that game last season. Uh, right, six, right. six tackles for loss. He's awesome. He doesn't seem like he's missed a beat from his heave towards ACL last year, and he hasn't missed a beat at all. But, yeah, um, the the best, the biggest worry, I think, for USC's fans' perspective is that there, there aren't any real true pass rushers. Um, they kind of need Clancy Pendergast, who uh, is the – Defensive coordinator who used to be the defensive coordinator and has been defensive coordinator in the Pac-12 before at Cal. Um, has you, you as you know the season's gone on. We've been watching. Um, he's kind of had to force the issue in terms of trying to be creative with where he's bringing the pressure from. So you'll see a lot of safety blitzes. You'll see some some funky things where there won't be any D linemen standing uh, on you know in a in a stance. They'll all be standing up, or he'll a lot of a lot of time. Actually, a lot of time USC only plays two down D linemen, so uh, they they try to keep they they're trying to match up with teams' athleticism by by kind of running like a two four five, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's the defense is it's young in a lot of spots. Um, I mean, looking at it now, I'm looking at uh, there's one starting two. There's a there's a there's three starting seniors. Everyone else is sophomores or juniors. Um, one of the starting seniors is a is a transfer from Utah, who's been nice. He's basically just a giant space eater, uh, Stevie Tui Kolovatu. Um, he doesn't. Wow, he doesn't. What pronunciation? <laughs> yeah, I've I've had practice and heard it enough at this point that it's pretty pretty easy for me. Um, but yeah, he's he's not gonna show up a lot in the pack in the box score. For example, he's got one tackle for a loss and no sacks. Um, yeah, he's got twenty four and a half tackles. But you know, his his main job is to just kind of create take up space to to let playmakers get to the get to the guys in the backfield. Awesome. Well, I guess not awesome for Oregon, but <laughs> yeah. Um, and so with. Like Oregon's had a bunch of close losses, um, yeah. and against some of the opponents that like USC took care of, like Oregon lost to Colorado by three off of like the dumbest pass play I've ever seen, um, and then USC won by four. Um, Oregon lost to Cal in double overtime, and USC really took care of Cal. Um, yeah. Like specifically with like the Cal, Arizona, and like Arizona State wins, were there yeah. like common traits? Um, of USC's performances throughout those wins that kind of led to those multi-touchdown wins. Cal, Arizona, and Arizona State. Um, so I'll go with Cal and Arizona okay. first. Cal and Arizona was running the ball. When, when USC can run the ball, and they did kind of at will against both teams, um, they're, they're going to they're gonna be able to control line scrimmage, and that's where they really succeed. This team feeds off of off of running the ball. Uh, so for example, you know, the, the Arizona game got out, out of hand pretty quickly, but they're, they have three running backs break 70 yards. Um, so that's usually a good, a good situation. 
Um, and then with the Cal, the Cal game, uh, you had a running back, Ronald Jones, hit over 200 yards, and and then the guy who he split time with hit over 100 yards. So um, they, and then USC put up, I think, their best first half total in offense. So when they can run the ball, it opens things up for for Darnold to, to hit out, you know, get one on one matchups with with Juju Smith-Schuster on the outside, or he's even hitting tight ends over the middle. That's also another thing, kind of not exactly the question you asked, but reminded me of another strength of what Darnold does, is that he doesn't really lock in on a guy. You know, he he's, yeah, he'll he obviously tries to get, you know, there will be very designed plays for Juju Smith-Schuster to get the ball, um, but at no point does it really seem except for one pass in the Cal game last week that he's that he's kind of forcing the ball but yeah if if the US if the USC offense can run the ball and can run the ball successfully and then stop the opponent's running game or you know at least control it a little bit that seems to be the place that that it's having the most success the the, the recipe to success if you will well lucky for you Oregon's <laughs> rush defense is less than fantastic yeah um, i know <laughs> and last week, uh, I think it's clear that we are now an air raid team. Yeah. Uh, so you know, what, was, what was interesting about so looking at I look at S and P plus a lot, uh, yeah. stuff. Looking at Oregon and then looking at Cal, it's they're pretty much the same exact team. Yeah. In in the sense that they have really really good offenses, Oregon's ninth, and then Cal I think was sixth when they played USC. I haven't looked to see what they are now, um, and and then both over a hundred in terms of of defense. So. Yep. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, they're pretty much the same exact exact team, which makes me think that that game that you guys had uh, that Oregon had against Cal was not a surprise in the sense that it went to double overtime and was over a hundred points over not only over a hundred points didn't Vegas have it at like a ridiculously high over under and they still surpassed it yeah it was like 80 and a <laughs> half and that's because it blew it out of the water because of the double overtime yeah mostly I think yeah what was crazy about the Cal game is at that point Oregon had just gotten thrashed by Washington and Washington State and so I was kind of like, all right, well, we know we know how this season is. Like, I'm not going to get mad about anything anymore because, like, yeah. we know what this looks like. So I was just, like, sitting down for a nice evening of Oregon football, just uh, hoping for a good positive play here and there to keep me optimistic about next year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden in the third quarter, I was like, oh, no. They're playing really well. <laughs> I might have to care about this football game. Yeah, and – and uh, and uh, what, what was interesting to me is that it's that your quarterback seems to be like the real deal. Is there a lot of hype and hope around around Herbert besides being a Eugene kid? I mean, you made the com- the the comparison to Mariota, but is that like the most? That's the most insane thing that you've heard in terms of comps, right? I, is, I would imagine. Yeah, that is absolutely absurd. It was just like <laughs> it's it's a small sample size. And it's yeah. weird because he came in as like a three star, and there was a four star like redshirt sophomore, um, and a like another four star like speedster quarterback. Yeah. And then of course, the local three star kid just has like this meteoric rise through the depth chart, <laughs> and then overtakes 
uh, Dakota Prukop, who is like the yeah. former FCS All-American grad transfer. Yeah. Although it sounds like he just kind of had, from what I've heard, I don't know for sure, but it sounded like mentally he was kind of... Uh, Overwhelmed? He was struggling a little bit. Ah, uh, okay. Like with, uh, just like... Herbert is just like I don't know. He just got so good so fast. I think it kind of took everyone off guard, and so I'm kind of waiting for him to have like a really bad game to see what yeah. happens. Because well, hey, Saturday would be nice. So, yep, <laughs> you know <laughs> we're due, we're due. Um, and it was uh, like against Washington, like it was Washington, but yeah. he had like three touchdowns. He didn't have like any dumb mis- like freshman football mistakes, yeah. and then like his interception was off a a pass that should have been caught. Um, and his other only other interception was against Cal in the second overtime. Other okay. than that, though, he's thrown for like last week he threw for four hundred eighty nine yards, and That'll against work. Cal he threw for like six touchdowns. Yep. So. Yeah, so so far he's doing really well. And he, he just is a huge fan of just throwing, like, bullets. Like, yeah. he'll just throw, like, a 20-yard bullet, no problem. And he, that also means he's overthrowing on deep routes. Yep. But, right. again, I don't think the quarterback position was a huge problem because even with Dakota, the Oregon was still scoring more than 40 a game. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I, I don't mean to be, you know, I, the bearer of... of bad news or report you know dirt on the fire or whatever but do it uh 100 the 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 two defenses you mentioned uh, asu and cal 103rd and s&p plus for asu and 108th so oh i'm aware (laughs) i'm aware i'm under no illusions of what the defenses were (laughs) okay i just wanted to make sure we were on the same page here oh no i'm just I'm, I'm looking on the bright side of things. Yeah, which is what, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I've, I've accepted the season for what it is, and I'm just not going to, like, wallow in it every week. Like, some some people might, so I'm just looking on the bright side. Yeah, perfect. There you go. I yeah. mean, I, you know, I it's not like that I should really be, like, at the end of the day, USC's only 5-3 and three and lost a game 52-6, to six. so clearly this is not a perfect football team by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, it's looked much better, uh, you know, with, with Darnold at the helm, and uh, the defense seems to be playing a bit better, but again, you know, the kind of devil's advocate there is, okay, sure, they beat ASU, Colorado is probably the is the best win uh, that that USC has on its on its docket, and Arizona is a mess. They had a true freshman quarterback playing third string, uh, and always Cal- great. <laughs> huh? Always great. Always great. Always great. Yeah, and then Cal was. They somehow got Cal on a Thursday night after a Friday night game, um, and Larry Scott really must hate Cal. Like, what what did Cal do to Larry Scott that he sent them to Australia, and then gave him a Friday night game and a Thursday night game immediately following? Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, but. see, because I was when I was looking at that, like I think Colorado is actually just like a really good team. Yeah. Um, and then. Like with Arizona Cal and Arizona State, 
like even though those aren't really good teams, like I feel USC did what they sh- were supposed to do. Yeah, and that was the that's the nice that's the thing that we haven't hadn't seen really um, in terms of of USC doing that and the degree that they which they did it. Like those were all pretty boring games as a fan to watch and. Honestly, like it's been a while since we've had boring. Like, yeah, Utah State, but Utah State's really, really terrible this year. Right. Uh, when, they're, when they're typically a pretty top tier uh, group of five team, but um, those, it, they haven't. Like, even in last year when Helton took over, they weren't beating people easily. Uh, it was everything was kind of a grind. So, to see it's, and it also seems that you know, there's also the the. People have to have to keep in mind it, it takes time for coaches to kind of instill their their mentalities and wills and into their team. So maybe it's just this: a lot of the players that were on defense was the first time they've been through Clancy's system. You know, another offense. I think this is like the eighth year in a row that USC has had a different offensive line coach. So these these are all things that maybe they're just you know taking time and it's clicking, or uh, you know the quality of the opponent isn't great. So. Who knows? Right. Could be a bit. So how are you feeling as, uh, with Clay Hilton as head coach now? Because I know before the year you were like, he's probably the right pick, but the process was Yeah, the process was, was shit. And <laughs> <laughs> um, the process was shit, and the start of the year was especially shit. Um, I think the, the undefeated October has bottoms, um, you know, has considerably cooled down his ass in terms of the hot seat but um you know so looking at s&p plus usc is projected for the rest of the season the remaining four games to go three and one um you know beat winning on saturday knock on wood against oregon uh, <laughs> that'll happen that'll happen going losing at uw and then beating UCLA, who does not have Josh Rosen for the rest of the season. So if they don't beat UCLA, that will be really bad. Um, and then beating a Notre Dame team that, for some reason or another, completely imploded. Um, but yeah, I, I think if he does that, he's he's fine. I don't. You can't really, you can't really say um, that you know he does. He's not worthy of the job. Yeah, the the. Because you can maybe point to, you know, there's there's two sides of the coin of the quarterback things like, oh, why didn't Sam Darnold start at the beginning? Or hey, he at least he had the wherewithal to make that change and notice that something was wrong and could be improved. Yeah, I the think, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think the biggest obstacle for him is he he really needs the schedule to break in a way that'll really cement, you know, the certainty for him saying that he needs a schedule to break in a way in which USC makes the Pac-12 championship game. I, I think if if USC wins the South, then, he, you know, the detractors won't really have that much of an argument. And get, people have to keep in mind it's still a really young team, and he's actually a really good recruiter. All the all the reports are that, you know, p- parents love him, and, and they he, he's an easy sell to recruit. So... Not that USC. I'm of the I'm of the ilk that you know USC. You you have to be an idiot to not be able to recruit at USC. But, um, but it's it's you know it's always good to hear those things. So it would be nice to have some staff continuity. And it seems like T. Martin's kind of figuring things out as an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, I said eight and four as the as the season record when before the season started. And here we are. 
here we are, let's staring eight and four right in the face. So, uh, it, granted, it was a little bit of a different way of getting there, but um, I, I don't think anyone really expected Washington to be as good as they are. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> right. And, um, you know, the the it sucks that Rosen is injured, but that I'm sure Clay Helton's pretty happy about not having to face him. Right. Uh, and the fact that UCLA doesn't know how to run the ball. But, yeah, well, I, I'm... I, I, I don't let, you know I think the biggest thing that USC needs to keep in mind is that having Clay Helton do this thing for a year and show that he can do it yeah eight and four is an ideal but like his first year head coaching full time head coaching gig and he kind of navigated this what seemed like a, a brutal schedule um, pretty well then what, what, what are you going to fire him on you unless Lance Swan's going to use the argument that it's not his guy, that he didn't hire him, do you really want to send this program into another year of, of trying to figure out who the head coach is? I think that sets the program further back than kind of giving Helton, you know, two to three years. Like, everything you just said could be equally applied to everybody's concerns about Oregon's coaching staff. Yeah. So, yeah. huge, huge, huge fan of everything you just said. Because <laughs> that is yeah. one of the most painful conversations right now it's very polarizing and there's arguments for both sides but yeah i think you know the biggest issue for oregon's perspective is the defense right is the fact that the defense has fallen yeah first time first time defensive coordinator but it's almost it's the d from your perspective is the defense almost worse this year versus last year no. Looking only, at it, no. No, only because there's only so far down you can go. <laughs> and, I, and I mean that with all seriousness. Like, last year's defense was like 125th. Oh, my gosh. And so, so it's technically better. It's it, it might be better. I'm not sure where it's ranking at right now, but it's in the same area. And part of it is, like, uh, like the in our podcast that we did before the season, it was like, all right, well, Brady Hope, when he was at, like, San Diego State in Michigan – they went from one of the worst defenses in the country to one of the best in a yeah. single offseason. Uh, yeah. And it turns out that when he's the defensive coordinator, that doesn't always happen. And then <laughs> all of Oregon's players are not necessarily the four and five stars that Michigan's getting. Right. Um, and so they don't adapt well to a different scheme and most importantly doing like uh, one gapping. Yeah, and it was a big change, right? I mean, you guys, Oregon oh, yeah. ran a 3-4 for the majority of the time, and then now they're running a 4-3. That, I mean, that's, I don't think people realize how big of a change in personnel that is. Right, and especially, the, I think the biggest part was the going to a one-gap system, because before you had, like, DeForest Buckner or, like, Balducci or Eric Armstead who can take up two gaps. Yeah, but then everybody gets one gap, and like the biggest problem you saw was like linebackers not filling the right gap, which is where we saw like Virginia get huge runs, and like Washington got huge runs. Right, and, and that's so. it's safe to say that Oregon's best players right now are are freshmen, right? Yes, uh, true freshman not, Justin Herbert, uh, yep. true freshman uh, Schooler, who was a two-star recruit, who didn't get recruited by anybody until like. Helfrich called him one day and was like, do you want to come play for Oregon? Literally, <laughs> nobody work. talked to him. And then there's 
Troy Dye, who's playing outside linebacker, but was recruited as yeah. a safety. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's, uh, I always feel like I see his name pop up in, like, pro football focus grades, that he's, like, one of the best freshmen in the country. So, oh, that makes you know, sense. At, at least there's that, right? And and then, I mean, of course, Royce Freeman is an alien. Um, I, I think I said before the season, he's probably going to be the best. He's probably the most pro, prototypical uh, professional running back in the conference, I would say, just because of his size and skill set. Right. It's it's unfortunate, though, because he's, like, hampered by an injury that he got in the Nebraska game. In, like, oh, the first okay. quarter of the Nebraska game. And so, like, he says in the interviews that he's fine and everything, but based on the way he played last Saturday, it's clear that he doesn't have, like, much faith right now in his, like, abilities. Yeah. Because he was just getting, like, kept getting pushed outside. He was really tentative, and so... Like, our best performing running back right now is a guy named Tony Brooks James, who looks a lot like LaMichael James. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's the next LaMichael James. Um, <laughs> and he's actually been doing really well just in terms of, like, yards per carry and yards yeah. per touches. And so I think the biggest thing, though, um, like, if I'm, like, if I, if I was a USC fan, I would want to know that, like, the offensive line – that Oregon's been that that finished the game last week mm-hmm. against Arizona State were all freshmen. Holy crap! Really? Yeah. So there were the only people, uh, the only position that won't have a returning starter back on offense next year is tight end. So every wow. other player on offense will be back, and then on defense, I think. They're only missing four guys out of the two deep. That'll that'll work. Yeah. So with the with the freshmen, they are not getting enough of a push to really be opening up holes or have like a pounding ground game, which is why we are now passing the ball almost fifty times a game. Yeah. So really and good in pass protection, but just no, n- no not a real good push. Ball. Yeah. And I think that's when Oregon's at its best is when it's running the ball well. I mean, that's – people think – what I hate the most about spread detractors is people think – immediately people think spread just means you're, you're throwing the ball. But if you look at really the, the dominant spread teams, they all run the ball really well. Um, oh, yeah. And, and look at what Wazoo's doing now. This is the first year that they're really running the ball really well and they're kind of – they're doing they're doing great. So, yeah, Oregon's always been best when they're running the ball – and you know, freshman offensive lineman—that's such a hard thing to have. Uh, you know, anytime they like go up against anyone, you know, even three people don't realize how much three years of age makes in terms of body type in college football. So yeah, I can see how that's been a been a struggle for the Oregon offense. Yeah, and just the physical development that takes place from like eighteen and nineteen to twenty-two and twenty-three. Yeah, is that's- absurd. Yeah. So, uh, it it's one of those teams where, especially like, because all the leaders right now on the team are the freshmen. Yeah. Like Justin Herbert's the leader on offense, and then Troy Dye and Score are the leaders on defense. Well, Farrah Brown's also on offense, but he's gone next year. Yeah. And so it's like the three most, like, the three best leaders on the team that won't be graduating are all freshmen. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like. And then Charles Nelson will be back. 
next year, it looks like, and Carrington yeah. will probably be back next year. Uh, Carrington, then, Carrington's going. Oh, is he really? I would be surprised if he wasn't. Huh. I would. I. It was okay. So here's why. So the the guy Rob Mosley at um, in the athletic department during the Cal game tweeted out like a projected depth chart for next year, and there were three names that weren't on it. One is Royce Freeman, which obviously, yeah, well, obviously he needs to get paid. Uh, yeah. Second was Darren Carrington, who huh. I think is one of those guys who. It's kind of one of the newer types of college football recruits who they, they'll come to your school, they'll play their asses off, but that's so they can get to Sundays quicker. Yeah. And so I think yeah. he falls in that category. Um, yep. He's just a goofy receiver, though, if you watch him. He's number seven. He just looks really goofy when he plays. <laughs> I don't get how he's always open. It's, it's ridiculous. And then the other guy was Arian Springs, who was, like at times last year, looked like a future lockdown corner. But then he didn't even he barely played last week. Huh. And so basically there's tons of roster turnover every week. Like last yeah. week we had a backup at the start of the season, we had a backup safety starting at cornerback. We had a backup cornerback starting at safety. Oh wow. And then we had the two star freshman who like wasn't on the initial two deep uh, as like the star safety. So they're really just so, you know, uh, Brady Hoax just trying to figure out anything that that'll work back there, huh? Yeah, and then I think <laughs> it's and then in the front seven, I think on the two deep there were like five injuries. Ah, and so it's yep, just like that, that's it's not a different a good thing. team every week. Yep. So, is there anything that we should know about um, going into this next game? Um, against USC, like something we should be looking out for, other than hoping Juju Smith Schuster doesn't like point out a defensive back and challenge him. <laughs> well, Vine's dead now, so you're not going to see any great vines of that if that happens. But um, I think if USC can can run the ball, um, which it, you know looks like it should be able to do, and they didn't struggle with with that against Cal, that Oregon's going to kind of have a tough time uh, of it. Yeah. Um, if if they can really yeah the we, so the the guy that the said where who's the guy that right, rushed for a hundred yard hundred thirty six yards against Cal just uh, had, may be maybe in danger of missing the Oregon game because his uh, he kind of rolled his ankle but um, the guy that replace him uh rushed for 80 yards against arizona so and then you still have ronald jones who rushed for 200 yards against cal so so if usc and can can kind of control the line of scrimmage with its offensive line and sam gets one-on-one coverage on the outside to his receivers then you know given the defensive struggles as you mentioned and the constant having to to re shuffle for the Oregon defense, then you know, I, I think that's kind of, kind of what what Oregon fans need to worry about. Yeah, and I think playing at the Coliseum is significantly different than playing in Berkeley. Yeah, I would say they're they're yeah. pretty different atmospheres, and I'm really interested to see how it turns out. Okay, so the spread was put at sixteen and a half. Yep, I think it's already up. Is it? Last I saw it was 17, but I mean, okay. that's, that's, that's 
It's not they're not that big of a jump. All right, so spread is seventeen. Does USC yep. cover? You know, I've I'm I've been weary against USC covering these big spreads all year. Um, I still, I'm still going to be weary of that. I just that I I don't I'm not I can't be convinced that we're fully capable of not only just beating not just beating Oregon. We it's there's no secret that USC has struggled to stop Oregon in recent years. But to beat them handily, I mean, it would be nice to see. But I don't think so. I think it's, you know, maybe a two touchdown win. I don't think it's over twenty points or seventeen points or whatever. Yeah, that's kind of what I was, how I was feeling about it too. I, was, I, I have the feeling that USC is going to just get ahead, just continually wear down with the ground game, and always kind of be a possession or two ahead. Yeah. Like a comfortable possession or two ahead. Um, is it possible that they beat Oregon by more than 17? Absolutely. I think it's yep. more likely, though, that Oregon loses by like 10, 13. But it's like a comfortable 10. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, I'm, I'm, I'm we- I'll always be weary of this Oregon offense. It's just it's such a well-designed offense, and it seems like Herbert is – if is is a legitimate talent so it there's no way that you know that they that the usc completely i i you can't completely really dominate i mean look at the people like usc quote-unquote dominated cal and you still gave up 24 points and 350 or and 300 passing yards like that these days of like really shutting out opponents i guess maybe arizona but they were it's a completely decimated team also Right. Uh, so you know, I, I don't see Oregon as on that on the level of Arizona. They're, I think, a much better team than than Arizona. So, yeah, I I, I don't I don't see a, a, a seventeen plus point win for USC. Awesome. Well, that makes me feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that'll do it for us here at Sling and Quack. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Um, thanks. Appreciate it. Just to wrap up again, you can follow uh, Find Jabari at. Oh, let me pull up the Twitter handle again. So <laughs> the podcast at, is at tht underscore usc. Trower hits yeah. Thursdays, and then yep. the uh, Jabari's Twitter handle is at s a m a n d j a b b a r i. That's it. All right, everyone, All go right. follow him on Twitter. Yeah, go, go follow me go on, follow Twitter on Twitter if you like messy stuff. <laughs> yeah, go follow me on Twitter. He's cool. All, All right. right. See you guys Thanks. next week.